Cole Richards estimates that there are 10 to 20,000 orphans and widows of martyred Christians in Nigeria. And this presents an opportunity for us to show how the body of Christ is supposed to work. These precious widows and orphans in northern Nigeria, they're in our hands. No one else is helping them. There isn't a UN effort to help them. Their national government is completely powerless and may not even have intentions to help. So as their brothers and sisters in Christ, we seek to help them in conjunction with strong Christians and churches in northern Nigeria. Jesus never promised his followers an easy path. In fact, he told his disciples that the world would hate them. He sent them out as sheep among wolves. Jesus' words came true in the life of the apostles, and they're still coming true today in the lives of his followers around the world. Join host Todd Nettleton as we hear their inspiring stories and learn how we can help, right now on the Voice of the Martyrs Radio Network. Welcome again to the Voice of the Martyrs Radio. My name is Todd Nettleton, and we are in the studio today in Bartlesville, Oklahoma, with Cole Richards. We talked a few weeks ago with Jim Dow, who was the retiring president of Voice of the Martyrs. Today we're talking with Cole Richards, who is the new president and CEO, stepping into that role this year. Cole, welcome to Voice of the Martyrs Radio. Thank you, Todd. Let's talk a little bit about your missions background and kind of how God called you into this this work. Sure. I grew up in a wonderful Christian family, but God really changed my life in 1997 on a uh, short-term outreach I took with Youth with a Mission, YWAM. And uh, on this trip, we were spreading the gospel into villages where people had never heard Christ's name before. And we were doing that through caring for them with uh, setting up dental clinics and things in these very, very remote villages. We were doing all that in partnership with Native Christians in that area, in a very difficult area among the unreached. And really, I was journaling throughout that trip. And I still have that journal today. I can go back and look at this, and it's a very powerful thing that God did for me. Some At some point in that trip, God rewired everything about who I was supposed to be and what I was supposed to do. Uh, I was in the middle of getting an engineering degree, and that was really a dream I had had, and everything changed. So much so that you know, the woman, Jennifer, who is my wife, we were dating and were about to be engaged when this happened. And I had to come back from that trip and explain to her, look, everything about my life is different. And it's going to be involved with things like on missions frontiers and this this whole different life. And God had been moving in her heart similarly. And that's a wonderful part of the story as well. But I was very different. And I know when you first came, before you were involved on the domestic side, your work was on the international side of our ministry, uh, overseas, meeting with Christians, managing the projects that VOM does. Who were some of the Christians that you met that really grabbed your heart or inspired your faith and the way that you walk out what it means to follow Christ? I love to talk about this because I've experienced such a richness in relationship in the larger body of Christ. In contrast to that, there's a kind of poverty that we can have by not participating in in meaningful fellowship with members of the global body of Christ. So I really want to say that in order to encourage all Christians to do everything they can to have meaningful fellowship with our brothers and sisters all around the world. It's a wonderful, great Christian family. 
and our Christian family members inspire us. And I've had a lot of these interactions, of course, in, in more than 50 nations overseas with Christians who are boldly advancing God's kingdom. They're doing so with little or no regard to the cost or the price that, that, that they will pay to do so. They're doing this out of a heart of love and obedience for Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. And, and it's inspiring. A good example of this is I was in northern Nigeria uh, pretty recently, a couple years ago, and I was in an area where Christian churches have been burned down multiple times, and, and I knew that going there. And I was having a conversation with different pastors and leaders in this area, and I, I thought that this particular church had been burned down, and maybe one or two in this larger region had. And as part of this conversation, the pastor shared and said, no, brother, you don't understand. There have been 12 church burnings in the last eight months here in, in, this, in this very local area. It's Christians like that that inspire me. You have to consider this. What if your church was burned down? And then what if several more churches in your immediate area in a very short time frame were also burned down? And, and yet they stayed. They stay and they remain a witness for Christ. And they do so with joy in their hearts. These kind of believers, they remind me of the book of Acts, honestly, where it's said that the disciples considered it an honor to suffer for the name of Christ. Inspired by joy in their hearts, they're paying a price and they feel honored to do so. It makes me honored to serve with them. And then the price that I pay to advance God's kingdom, I hold that to be a, a very light thing and a, and a joyful thing to be able to offer that to the Lord as well. The, the thing you mentioned is joy, and I think, I think that's the thing the average American Christian can't get a hold of until you actually sit down with one of these believers, because we, you know, we hear the stories, a dozen churches burned down, and our picture is those people are probably pretty depressed yes. and discouraged, yeah. and wow, 12 churches have been burned down, how are they going on? And then, like you say, you go and sit down, and they're like, they're excited, <laughs> Oh man, God is doing great things. We just saw this guy come to Christ and oh yeah, by the way, some of our buildings got burned down. But here's what God is doing. That's the thing that I think we at VOM can communicate yes. to people is just that excitement and joy that we see and uh, and I join you. I encourage American Christians, if you get a chance to go on a trip, if you get a chance to go to a VOM conference, if you get a chance to interact with Christians from around the world, take advantage of it, join in the body of Christ, join hands with them. We're talking today on Voice of the Martyrs Radio with Cole Richards. He's the president and CEO of the Voice of the Martyrs USA. Cole, you interact with leaders of other organizations and missions groups, and when you talk to them about VOM, how do you explain the unique place that VOM is in the missions community, in the body of Christ? Because our ministry is it's very unique. It's a it's a little sliver of the entire work of the gospel. How do you tell them that we're different from other groups? Yeah, it's very important for us that we are complementary and not competitive with every other member of the American missions community and that we occupy a very special role in the global body of Christ. And that role is to build fellowship and unity among different members of, of the body. So in all of our media, our newsletter, our books, our videos, all those things are designed to make connections and to build fellowship between American Christians and Christians in all these different hostile areas and restricted nations. And that's a, that's a special role. 
like I said, it's complementary to local churches and other organizations because at a very missional local church, the church knows itself and they know the missionaries that they send and then they have a heart for the lost who will be reached in that process. And what gets left out of that sometimes and, and often, honestly, is an awareness and understanding of our Christian family members in that place. So a very missional American church knows themselves, they know a missionary they've sent to Pakistan, and they pray for lost Pakistanis, and rightfully so. But often there's a complete lack of awareness or understanding about Pakistani Christians who serve in that place. And there's such a richness in having an awareness and understanding. We pray for them, we suffer with them as they suffer, and we support them, and then we rejoice in their victories that they have in advancing God's kingdom. So our resources, our tools, the ways that we speak when we show up different places here in the U.S. really add and complement any local church, but also partner organizations. So we have a great relationship with just about every single uh, organization in the American missions community because we're serving in very specialized ways in these very difficult places, and we come alongside other organizations to serve in that way, or we have specialties in those areas that they don't have. And the tools that we create, we spread around the missions community yes, that's and right. make them available. Hey, if you can use that, great, go with it. So yeah, I I like that sense of cooperation. I'm glad that you brought that out. As we look forward, we're we're at the start of a new year. We're at the start of your leadership here at VOM. What are some of the things you see on the horizon for Voice of the Martyrs? And I think first let's talk about domestically here in the United States. What's What do you see on the horizon there? Sure. Well, the last two years, as I've been executive vice president, I was leading a major campaign that we had, which involved uh, books, a video curriculum, a lot of work in the field. And it was all surrounding our response to ISIS violence in the Middle East. And what we did is as we were serving persecuted Christians in those areas, we were seeing them walk out such an inspiring quality of faith and witness. After having lost literally everything at the hands of ISIS members, they were uh, serving the Lord so faithfully and well. So an initiative we had in the IMN campaign that I'm referring to, of course, was to tell those stories to American Christians. Uh, American Christians, you need to hear the stories of your brothers and sisters in Christ who are serving the Lord faithfully in the face of Islamic extremism. So that, that's that been very successful, and those tools continue to be very useful, and our service to those Christians continues. But now we're entering into another campaign, if you will, another uh, focus in our messaging, which centers around the life and witness of Richard and Sabina Wormbrand, our, our organization's founders. Uh, we started this focus in the fall in conjunction with our 50th anniversary of, of our ministry. And this March, we have a movie that's coming out. In, uh, it'll first come out in theaters, and then we will be able to show it in churches and to small groups and things. It's a very high-quality movie about Richard and Sabina's testimony and story. Uh, we also have a new book called Wormbrand, Tortured for Christ, The Complete Story that's coming out March 1st. It'll be available Christian bookstores and really everywhere. The ministry that happens in the Wormbrand story is very, very important. We're not telling this because it's an important bit of history, and we're definitely not telling this story because it's 
uh, promote, promoting VOM, even though they are our founders. We're telling this story because Richard and Sabina are such exemplary Christians in the sense that when their country was invaded, first by the Nazis and then by the communists, their response to that was to boldly reach their invaders for Christ. They were imprisoned for doing so, both of them were. They were tortured for their witness for Christ. And in the midst of imprisonment and torture, they witnessed in love to their torturers. Uh, this, this is really something very special. It, it's, it, this it, is high-level Christianity. This is, this is living out your faith at a very high level because I don't use the word torture lightly. In the right. name of Richard's original book, Tortured for Christ, uh, this is the worst kind of torture. This is solitary confinement. He was imprisoned for 14 years. He was in solitary for three of those years. We filmed the movie in one of the cells where he was held in solitary confinement, the actual place in Romania. And so I was there. And contemplating that level of difficulty and suffering and then understanding what God did in and through Richard and Sabina in the midst of that suffering for his glory, this is a story every Christian should hear because you start to become aware of forgiveness and perseverance and joy and love uh, manifest in very supernatural ways and you, you become aware that that is accessible to all of us. God's Holy Spirit that dwells inside of us is the same as which dwelled in Richard and Sabina, and we can walk out our faith that way, not because of who we are, but because of who God is, in whatever obstacles or difficulties we're facing, just as Richard and Sabina did. And for our listeners, if you want to know more about that film, you can go to torturedforchrist.com. You can actually buy tickets right now for the theater screenings that are going on. And be back with us next week here on Voice of the Martyrs Radio. We're going to have John Groders, the director of the film, uh, here on VOM Radio, talking about some of the, just the doors that got opened to make that movie. Like Cole mentioned, they filmed it in Romania. They filmed part of it inside one of the same prisons where Richard and Sabina were held. So you'll, you'll want to be back with us next week here on Voice of the Martyrs Radio to hear from him. Cole, we've talked about domestically what's coming up. Let's turn our eyes internationally. What are some of the projects? And as always on VOM Radio, we can't always talk about all the things that Voice of the Martyrs is going to do in the next 12 months. Uh, but what are some of the things that you're excited about looking ahead internationally and, and the ministry that we'll have to persecuted Christians? Yeah, first I'd like to say that we're doing project work in 68 nations. And these 68 nations are the most hostile of areas for gospel witness and the most restrictive of nations on the planet. Every year we do over a thousand projects in, in those nations. I think last year it was around 1,400. So, so it's a lot of good work that's happening. The biggest single situation that we have faced since the uh, fall of 2014 is response to ISIS. Jordan, Iraq, Syria, Lebanon, Turkey, our activity in those areas. We're still very active there, and there's still a lot of need there, but it's no longer our most important folk, single focus overseas. Definitely, that's northern Nigeria now. The violence that's been done to Christians by Boko Haram and then now by uh, Fulani herdsmen, uh, an Islamist tribe uh, that is uh, attacking Christians in northern Nigeria, is, is really profound. It's, it's tremendous. We recently did a study to identify the widows and orphans 
of uh, Christians, strong Christians and Christian leaders in northern Nigeria who had been killed in these Islamist attacks. Just for the scope of our work, we identified more than 1,400 of those. Uh, And our ministry is to treat every single one of those widows very uniquely and to sit with her and to cry with her and to pray with her and to find out how she in particular can be supported. That's how we serve everywhere around the world. So 1,400 plus is a big number for us. And it's even more sobering when you think of that that's just a very small subset, really, maybe a tenth, maybe a fifteenth or twentieth of the overall number of Christian widows in northern Nigeria. So so I'm talking about 1,400 that, that we're involved with helping and that we have identified and intend to help that's representative of 10 to 20,000 total. That's tremendous. And just as the Christians in northern Iraq were literally in our hands, in the hands of the other members of the body of Christ for their food, clothing, and shelter after they lost everything at the hands of ISIS, these precious widows and orphans in northern Nigeria, they're in our hands. No one else is helping them. There isn't a UN effort to help them. Their national government is completely powerless and may not even have intentions to help them. So as their brothers and sisters in Christ, we seek to help them in conjunction with strong Christians and churches in northern Nigeria. So that's, that's the biggest single focus we have uh, this year uh, among 68 nations worth of work and can well you, over 1,000 projects. Can you talk a little bit about the mechanics? I mean, to help 1,400 widows in northern Nigeria, that's going to take manpower. That's going to take people on the ground there. That Can you talk a little bit about sure, some of the challenges sure. that have to be overcome to, like you say, to to treat each of those widows as an individual and meet individual needs? What are the mechanics of making that happen? In a place like Nigeria, where there are many wonderful Christian brothers and sisters we have there, but they live in a context of tremendous corruption. They live in a context where radical Muslims in the north run free and even continue to control territory. So, so it's, it's impoverished, it's violent, it's corrupt, and that's the environment. Uh, work there is very difficult. So we, we accomplish what we do because of a multinational team of American missionaries and missions leaders who are with, with us and Western missionaries and leaders, the few that are there from other organizations, teamed up with Nigerian Christians and churches to, to get this done. And even so, it's, it's very difficult. But it really is the body of Christ. Absolutely. It's not just VOM. It's the whole body of Christ coming around to support these widows. Yeah, that, that's right. There's no question that we're the lead agency in, in that place in, in specific. Uh, that's the unique part that we play in the larger body of Christ. But we can only meet these challenges if all of us are on the team together. We need people who pray. We need people who give. We have people who go. It's got to be the Nigerian Christians with us. It's got to be us with other organizations teamed up, and we are in very meaningful ways. It's one of the toughest problems to solve uh, on the planet, literally, for the body of Christ. And we're very thankful because God continues to open doors to, to let us succeed in doing this. But there's so much more work to be done. We're talking today on Voice of the Martyrs Radio with Cole Richards. He's the president and CEO of the Voice of the Martyrs USA. Cole, as we think about American Christians, the the people who listen to VOM Radio, the people who read our newsletter, 
Maybe they go to our conferences around the country. How, how do you hope that we're impacting them? What do you hope the result is of their fellowship with persecuted Christians and their fellowship with VOM? Yeah, the, the, the effect of our ministry here in the U.S. really needs to be that when people read our newsletter, which is a 12 to 16 page color magazine that anyone in America can receive for free, it's a free subscription. When you read that, you're introduced to one after another of our precious Christian brothers and sisters, and you're introduced to them in a way that doesn't make you feel sorry for them and make you want to uh, just meet their needs, but you're introduced to them in a way where you really know them. You, you know about them, you know them personally, because you're experiencing their testimony. You're experiencing what God's doing in and through them in these places, and that has a lot of good effects for us. It inspires us to walk our walk of faith in our local context. It, it inspires us in many ways. It, it makes us courageous. It makes us more bold in our witness. But it also builds a relationship in, w- in which they inspire us, but we can stand with them and serve with them. It's, it's a wonderful thing to know, for an American Christian to know that they're having a personal part that they can play in the gospel's advance in places like Afghanistan and northern Nigeria. I wake up every morning saying, thank you, Lord, that I can make a difference in places like that, as well as advancing God's kingdom here in my local context. And that's really the beauty of being active in the global body of Christ. And so that, that's, that's what happens with our ministry here in the U.S., is we can draw American Christians into this meaningful fellowship relationship. They're not a cause. They're not a problem to solve. They are our brothers and sisters in Christ, and we always benefit from more and more relationships with them and more meaningful relationships with them. As we finish up, Cole, one of the things that we always try to challenge our listeners to do is to pray for persecuted Christians. When you pray, and you've, you've been there, you've sat down and talked with many persecuted Christians, when you pray for them, how do you pray? I don't pray for statistics or great big needs. If I pray for a nation, for example, I, I do that, but then I move deeper. I picture an individual, and I think about an individual. You know, I, I know individuals from all these nations personally, but it would work the same way if someone reads a story in our newsletter or watches one of our videos. They will now know somebody. And so here, here's a good example of that. I would challenge people, I don't pray for 1,400 widows. I don't pray for 100,000 Iraqi Christians. I try to really focus on, on one or a number of, of those. And then that's, that's very powerful. Each and every one of those widows, if, if we're doing this right, we're learning to encounter them the way we encounter our own wife, our own mother, our own child, our, our own daughter, our own friend, people at our church. Each and every one of those precious individuals is our sister, uh, the same way that the 100,000 victim, Christian victims of ISIS and Mosul, each and every one of those is our brother and sister. So that's what I would challenge people is, don't let your prayers for our Christian brothers and sisters be a generality, a statistic, like, like, like I said, a, a cause or a problem. Let it become personal. Then it is really what we could say is genuine biblical fellowship, one-to-one-to-one in those relationships, and, and that's very, very powerful. 
And Voice of the Martyrs has lots of resources to help you do that. Yes. Uh, read the newsletter every month. Listen to Voice of the Martyrs Radio. Go to prisoneralert.com and meet individual prisoners that you can pray for. Uh, so we want to help you be able to make that connection and do that. We've been talking today on Voice of the Martyrs Radio with Cole Richards. He is the president and CEO of the Voice of the Martyrs USA. Cole, thank you for your leadership and thank you for your time and for being with us this week on VOM Radio. Thank you, Todd. Lord bless you. You've been listening to the Voice of the Martyrs Radio. You will want to be here next week. We will talk with John Groders. He is the director of a new film about the life of Richard and Sabina Wormbrand, Tortured for Christ, the movie. You can learn more about that at torturedforchrist.com and come back next week to hear from John. Just some of the amazing things that God did in the making of this film. I know you'll want to hear from him. I know you'll want to buy tickets. It's in theaters on March the 5th. So come back and join us next week right here on the Voice of the Martyrs Radio Network.